Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a guest on today that we attempted this one other time and the internet just was not being friendly with us. So today, I know it's going to be fantastic. I have my buddy, Dr. Jill LaMarche on. Dr. Jill, welcome. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for uh, inviting me to be on with you. It's an honor. Dude, I, we tried this before and man, the internet just wasn't our friend that day. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was breaking up. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, like we talked about this before, but I kind of want to take it from the top again and talk about where you were born and raised. Start out there. So what, why don't you start there? Sure. So I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in a little town in Northern Ontario called Timmins. One of its claim to fame is the home of Shania Twain. And I uh, went off to uh, college in Toronto, did my undergrad at the University of Toronto, did my chiropractic degree also in Toronto, and uh, then returned to Northern Ontario to practice for 25 years. That's right. That's right. You were in, you were, you practiced um, chiropractic. I'm a chiropractor. Yes, sir. Right. right. And, and that was in um, Ontario, Canada. And then- and and then you ended up in Atlanta. Why why Atlanta from Canada? I mean, I, I, outside of there's definitely be- better weather. Yeah, there, there's definitely better <laughs> weather. So I guess the story that uh, that I shared with you the last time, I think, which would be applicable to your viewers, is that yeah, I practiced as a chiropractor for 25 years, and in the fall, uh, rather in the spring of 2003. I started having major difficulty breathing. I'd had issues breathing back in 2000 when I was running, um, and I just stopped running. If I didn't run, I really didn't have any other issues. And so in 2003, I started having major trouble breathing even while I was in my practice. And to make a very long story short, I got diagnosed with a terminal condition called primary pulmonary hypertension. It is a terminal condition, uh, average prognosis, 24 months post-diagnosis, which means most people die within 24 months of their diagnosis. And um, after all the testing, seeing all the doctors, cardiologists, et cetera, I was told I needed a double lung and heart transplant. And a double lung and heart transplant really sounded weird to me. So I I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research on that procedure. I did research on the quality of life of an individual who um, has that procedure. And I made the conscious decision that if this was God's plan for my life, that I would allow myself to transition. In other words, I didn't agree to the double lung and heart transplant because quality of life is quite poor. And uh, so I retired from practice on the 14th of April in 2004. Mm. I was uh, 49 years old. Wow. And, and I really believed I was going to die. I mean, I couldn't go up a flight of stairs by myself. I could barely walk 100 feet by myself. And during the last six months prior to that retirement, because I was still in practice, I had succumbed to the half hourly use of Ventolin. So about Every 30 minutes, I would pump respiratory drugs into my body so I could breathe long enough to be able to take care of the next group of patients in my office. Because, you know, when you practice 25 years, it was not just, it wasn't just a business for me. It was my passion. I I loved being a chiropractor and I loved the people. And and it was like having a a baby, but I had thousands of people that were part of that group. And so I did, uh, I left my office the 14th of April, 2004, 
and went on home and to prepare myself to transition. I figured I maybe had a year left, but I was not. I wasn't doing well at all. And so I did what people know, um, what people do when they know they're going to die. You know, if you die if suddenly, you didn't know and you didn't plan for that. But I knew, and so I did everything that a person would do to make sure that everything was well organized, that wouldn't leave any anyone in distress, finances, etc. Plan the funeral, do all these things. And then on the 15th of May, 31 days later, I woke up and the first thought, and I won't tell you the exact words because they're not nice words, but it was like, <laughs> beep, 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 you're an idiot. Like reaching the chiropractic paradigm of health and healing for all these years, there must be something seriously wrong with your spine and nervous system. And the next thought was, well, how could there be? I get checked by a chiropractor every week or two. Not because I have pain in my neck, because I have pain in my back, just because I know that I'm better for it. And then the third thought was, but never by the same chiropractor. In other words, I didn't have, I wasn't a practice member in any practice. Uh, if I had lunch with one of my buddies, you know, on Thursday, Thursday was my lunch with buddies day kind of thing every week. Yeah. If I had lunch with a friend, I'd say, hey, do we go to your office? You come to my office, I'll check you, you'll check me. Anyway, when all the noise died down in my head, I was like, oh my gosh. And so I called my former office assistant, um, my office manager actually, and asked to make an appointment as a new patient. And I went in and discovered that I had a major issue in my upper thoracic spine and the nerves that govern the function that bring the electrical power to heart and lungs actually exit your spine in the upper thoracic area. And I started getting that corrected. And within three months, my numbers, my pulmonary pressure numbers, I were halved. I went from 57 to 27. So I was 50% healthier, if you like, the normal being 15. Uh, within a year, I was normalized. What I didn't tell you is that the body has this ability to adapt to stress, adapt to change. So the fact that there was back pressure from my lungs pushing into my heart, what happened is that my heart started to expand. And by the time we had the diagnosis, I had a condition called cardiomegaly, which is an expansion of the size of the heart. And it was measured at 2.5, which means that my heart was 2.5 times larger than normal for a man my size. And within two years of regular chiropractic care, my heart actually normalized. So right. it went from two and a half times normal size back down to normal. And today, I mean, I'm 65 now. I was 48 then. And I am as healthy, if not healthier, at 65 than I was obviously healthier than I was at 48. But I run 5K races on a regular basis. I, you know, I run three, four times a week. Um, I am fit. I am well. I am healthy. And so when all of that occurred, it was, you know, do, do I go back into practice? But we discovered that there's an issue in one of my vertebrae here called plastic deformity, which means it's sort of worn on an edge and it, it subluxates easy. In other words, it displaces very easily. And so I thought I could be doing something else. And I've written a lot of books, probably 14, 15 by now. I'd been a spokesperson in the chiropractic profession for years. And you know, one of my friends reached out to me at the time and said, hey, I've got a project I'd love for you to help me with. Could you come and help me? And it was in Dallas. So I thought, oh, it's hot there, but it was the fall. I said, you know what, I'll go help you for a few months, but there's no way I'll be able to, you know, to live through the heat of the summer right. in the States. So I went there as a volunteer to help him on a project for three months. And I became a vice president at that university. I stayed for six years. Wow. Uh, there in 2012, 
and I got recruited to Life University here in Marietta, Georgia in 2013, and I've been here ever since, and I love it. And by the way, the body acclimatizes the heat very well. I don't do cold anymore. I don't want to do cold anymore, and I love the heat. So I'm healthy for it. I'm at a university that was originally founded as a chiropractic college in 1974, but grew to a full-fledged university. It's called Life University in Marietta, Georgia. If you ever want to know about life, go to life.edu. It's pretty simple. We went from a chiropractic college, as I said, in 1974, to now offering a 20 academic degree program, four of them are masters, and of course, we still have the doctor of chiropractic program here. A phenomenal, phenomenal university with a little less than 3,000 students currently studying uh, undergrad, four master's programs, as I said, in our doctor of chiropractic program on 110 absolutely pristine, gorgeous acres. I know exactly where it is. I told you before I used to own a business in Marietta. I lived in, in Kennesaw. I own a business right at the end of Dobbins runway there on, on Cobb Parkway. So I'm very, very familiar with, with where you are. In fact, I employed one of the chiropractic students for a while. <laughs> you were literally down the street because Life University shares a fence with yeah. Dobbins Air Force Reserve Base. Yeah, you guys were right on the other other side, just north, I think, of, of where I was. So, um, so, so, wow, that was a um, that was a flyby. <laughs> that, that went that was that was a lot of stuff really fast. And 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 again, I I you told the story before, but I'm not sure that that a lot of people got to hear it. And and so. You know, I, I think there is, and I told you before, I don't know if you remember, um, but a, a chiropractor literally saved my life and, and my wife who is on here. And by the way, Dr. Lamarche sent us these, these amazing little, what are these? Just they're stones, I guess. I, I call it a gratitude stone. You know, as and I said, like. I carry one in my pocket all the time. And it just reminds me every time I touch it, every time I think about it, it reminds me just to stay in that state of gratitude. Because yeah. obviously me, having been on the brink of death, I mean, every day is a heck of a bonus. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, 2003 diagnosis, 2004 thinking I'm you know pretty close to dying. We're now in 2020. So I've had like an extra 16 years beyond what they told me or 15, because they said I had about a two-year window. So I, I would have passed probably by 2005, and uh, there I am in 2020, and I'm thriving. So, you know, some people say, well, it's a miracle, because certainly what my cardiologist thought at first, you know, was well, it's a miracle, Jill. I said, look, Doc, I changed nothing else other than we found this issue with my spine, I started getting it corrected, and my body started to heal. I said, we had all the numbers, all the, you know, all the tests that were done, all the echocardiograms, they all showed over months that I was getting worse. And all of a sudden, I changed. I started having a procedure. It was five days a week. And I said, in three months, I'm like 50% better on the numbers. That's not, that's not a fluke. No. Something is happening to my body that my body is expressing itself. By the way, the way our creator intended our body to express itself. Because yeah. I always tell people, I said, you know, you've got to realize that all organic systems in, in the universe, all organic systems, they're conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, self-healing. And so are you. 
every listener, right? You were built, self-development, self-maintaining, self-healing. You cut yourself, you know, Band-Aid or no Band-Aid, it's going to heal. Why does it bleed? Well, because maybe you, you cut, you know, a capillary. You didn't cut a major blood vessel. You cut a capillary. But the reason why it bleeds is that the red blood cells are now the precursor cells that can become any other type of cells. Red blood cell will become a skin cell. Red blood cell will become a muscle cell if you cut it. Red blood cells will become bone cells. So we were made to heal, provided there's no interference. And I had a major interference here, probably caused by years of working in a slump position. And I would say, you know, healer, heal thyself, doctor, heal thyself. I guess I was <laughs> with a leaky faucet or a cobbler whose children have sh- holes in their shoes. Right. <laughs> My pay- practice members were getting better care than I was getting. Wow. Jeffrey Miller on here says he's on, on year three since being told to go home and die. Wow. Good for you, buddy. And I hope you're doing well, Jeffrey. You know, I think so. I, I, and I, again, I don't know what you remember and, and what we talked about exactly, but you know, I, I was um, very young, 21 years old, 2021, 20, and had gone to, um, I worked at a factory right out of high school and, and building cars for Honda. And I ended up, I don't remember what happened, but I, I, I slipped maybe a couple of discs in my neck and, and my lower back. And, and I remember it felt like I was having a heart attack, like, cause my entire, like all the way around my entire chest. And all I did this one particular night reached up to grab the door handle of the house I was living in to open the door. And I mean, I seized up. I could barely get in the house and I, I literally fell onto the floor and, and I thought I was dying. I literally thought I was dying and a chiropractor put things back in place. It took a little bit of time, about a month. Um, and, and I was as, as good as gold and, and, you know, you realize, you realize that reaching the handle was just like the piece, the piece of straw that broke the camel's back, right? Yeah. It's what caused the problem. The problem yeah, was, no, that. Yeah. but it wasn't symptomatic. What people don't realize is that when the symptoms occur, like me, when the symptoms occurred initially in 2000, but only when I was out running. So I was like, ah, I'm getting older, whatever. Yeah. I must be allergic to something out in nature. I just stopped running. Yeah. And I didn't have any symptom. But it doesn't mean that the problem didn't continue. And obviously it did. And right. all of a sudden it got reignited really, really big in 2003. Well, I, I've been, you know, so I've had some back issues. And, and it was about eight years ago, nine years ago, um, I was lifting a 50 inch flat screen TV out of the back of our SUV slumped over picking. I know I wasn't doing it right. <laughs> I didn't, you know, but I'm, I pick it up and I literally heard the pop in my back, in my lower back at L4, L5. And, and I mean, I instantly had, I, I put it back down. I didn't want to break this brand new 50 inch TV. I sat it back down and I grabbed the top of the, 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 you know, trunk lid thing. And I'm yelling for my wife, help. I can't, I literally couldn't move. And I, I laid in bed for 21 hours screaming in pain. I had never, I, and I'm a recovered alcoholic, so I don't 
use narcotics. I, I just refuse. Um, so I, I lay and my wife comes in who does not swear. And I will not say what she said this particular day, but she said, you're getting, you're going to the blanket ER room or I'm calling the police and having you removed from this house. <laughs> and I said, I think it's time. And they literally, I don't, I don't know what they, they gave me some kind of narcotic and thank God they did. Cause it took the pain away. And I, I went to this chiropractor and she was the, I went to two other ones and, and nobody helped me. Um, it, it actually, I think one of them, it got a little worse, but I went to this chiropractic woman and, and she had this table she put me on and it like stretched me out just a little bit at a time and put me back together. I don't know what it was called, but um, it, I walked out of her office, a new man, like completely new man. Uh, and so here's the, and I, I tell that story for one reason. I think chiropractors get a bad rap by a lot of people, especially in other, other medical professions. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you know, I've been in the profession, uh, obviously graduated 41 years ago Wow, this week. And uh, so I've been around for a long time and I, I was fortunate. I mean, I had a great mentor, so I had a very, very, big very very successful practice yeah. but yeah chiropractors have had the bad rap for a long time and wrongly so i will tell you and i agree most, most people don't know that in 1987 the ama was found guilty of attempting to contain and eradicate the chiropractic profession there had been a movement that had been going on for i think over two decades prior to that a small group of chiropractors in Illinois sued the American Medical Association as well as the American Hospital Association and won. Wow. They appealed, they appealed the decision and the chiropractors won the appeal as well. And so there was plenty of documentation to show that it was all about control, about creating a monopoly as it relates to healthcare. Yep. Well, when you when you look at studies that have been done on patient satisfaction, Chiropractors consistently rate really, really high on patient, on patient satisfaction surveys. And so the model of care, you know, medicine is a great model of care in a crisis. There is nobody better. You know, they're, they're trained professionals. They're there to help you. You have an emergency man, they take care of you, heart attack, car accident, whatever it is, there is nobody better on the planet. But it's not a healthcare system. It's a disease care system. Mm. Yep. And what chiropractors focus on is really around a healthcare system based on the knowledge. I was going to say the philosophy. It's, it's not just the philosophy of, of the approach, but it's rather the understanding that the body is made, you know, to self-develop and self-heal, provided there's no interference. Right. And so the goal is always to discover, is there interference with you being able to express total health? It could be a physical interference. For example, a spinal subluxation that affects spinal function, therefore affects neurological function. It could be because you have a really crappy diet and you're drinking you know, a huge bottle of soda every day or you're taking tons of drugs. You know, those, those are all chemical interferences to the human body. Or it could be you know, negative thoughts and it could be you know, uh, abusive relationships. And so you, have, you can have you know, mental trauma, right? Mm -hmm. so when you look at a human being, from a health perspective, what you look at is you look at 
what's good in you that is functioning well and what is it that potentially is preventing you from functioning at your best wow that's really what i did my entire career 25 years seeing literally over 100 people every single day of my practice and had phenomenal results not because i was better than anybody else but because i was willing and able to teach the paradigm and when people get the paradigm they go why would i not want to get checked by a chiropractor you know once my spine's functioning well my nervous system's functioning well why would i just wait until i have a crisis you know for example i said like i had symptoms after my problem had probably existed for at least three years right well why not use chiropractic as part of your wellness paradigm so now i don't have a pain anywhere i go to the chiropractor the same chiropractor who charts my progress does regular reevaluations, a minimum of every two weeks if i'm wow. traveling a lot on long hauls on a plane and it's before my two week i can guarantee you if i get off a flight from hong kong to atlanta and i fell asleep and i had me like that because i didn't get upgraded to business guarantee you i am not waiting another week to go to the chiropractor i call i make my appointment i go get checked right away i get adjusted and i'm like oh wow and i had no symptoms wow. but i know i get adjusted that it's just it's amazing and so my children were raised in that chiropractic paradigm i mean i checked my kids within the first five minutes of their birth wow no matter how you think no birth natural birth it's still traumatic and so I checked my children. So my children were raised in that paradigm. My oldest son's a chiropractor. My daughter-in-law's a chiropractor. You know, and, and my wife now is a chiropractor. And, you know, they checked their kids that same way. And so it's it's just a it's a philosophy of life yeah. based on truth principles. Yeah. Now, what we can do better, we've had some you know decent research done in chiropractic. We're getting more research done in chiropractic. They're showing that a chiropractic adjustment has a, a direct impact on frontal lobe function, executive function, where you make all your decisions. Jeez. So research showing the direct impact of a chiropractic adjustment on neurological function. Well, what people often don't understand, who's going to fund chiropractic research? See, most of medical research has been funded by big pharma. Chiropractic research right. has been funded by chiropractors. Right. Right. Doctors who give of their money to research programs to actually fund research. And so recently I was chatting with someone and uh, we said, you know, why don't we why don't we create a program by which we invite chiropractic patients to donate to research? Mm. So, so at Life University uh, in September, which was the founding month of chiropractic back in September on September 18th, 1895 was the, the original foundation of the chiropractic. Uh, we're going to launch Founders Month of Giving for Chiropractic Research. And obviously, we're going to ask chiropractors to contribute. But we're going to ask chiropractors to ask their patients to contribute. As a chiropractic patient, if you give an extra dollar or two or even five, you know, during the month of September when you go in and get adjusted, we could raise, you know, a couple million dollars to put right in to more research and it, you know what's what and I, I want to make a point and I do want to I, I do want to ask um, about Weldon's question. Um, but I, I want to make a point first. Um, and I'll just leave that up on screen. 
you're literally fighting one of the largest industries in the world. <laughs> I mean, big pharma is, is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar, very profitable industry. And, and people don't think about that. Like, you know, depression, for example, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's very common to, to, go into a, a to see even a, a doctor you can take a child to a pediatrician and they'll prescribe antidepressants and right. like it, which blows my mind and and I think that what I love about chiropractic and I, I I'm obviously not even close to being as well versed in it as you are but but you know it it focuses on the whole being I've meditated every single morning of my life for the last 16 plus years. And I, I, I've said this many times that I will be late for an appointment before I miss meditating. If I oversleep or something, which doesn't happen, but if I did, I, I, I would be late for the appointment before I miss meditating. So, you well, know, we know that, that America, America makes up about 5% of the world population. Yeah. Yet Americans consume more than 50% of prescribed drugs worldwide. Right. If medicine made you healthy, it, it, it does cover symptoms, right? It has its job. Yes. And when you look at the roots of the of traditional medicine, allopathic medicine, allopathic means the opposite of suffering. So if you're suffering with like some major debilitating pain, there's no doubt, there's no doubt the drug's gonna help you with right. the pain. But the pain should be the sign that your body is giving you that something is wrong. And our job is to find the source of the pain. Yeah. When you look at all the, the WHO statistics, the World Health Organization stats, and depending on, on what stats you look at uh, and the combination of those stats, America ranks somewhere between the 37th and 49th healthiest country in the world, yet we spend more money per capita than any other country bar none. Yeah. It's insane. It should be seen. That's, there's a problem there. Right, so there's a problem there. So yes, meds temporarily have saved people. I agree. I am not anti, and I'm not anti anything. And you know, I mean, based on our conversation, I don't fight anything. I'm a lover. I just right. love people. I look for solutions. Right. And I invite people into the solution. If you want to participate, good. If you don't want to, it's okay. You can go somewhere else. And you'll never hear me, you know, talk negative about anybody. Right. Because we know that you know traditional medicine has helped millions and millions and millions of people. But the paradigm is different. The paradigm is you have a symptom, let's eliminate your symptom. Yeah. You come and see me when I was in practice, you have a symptom, let's figure out why you have the symptom and let's figure out if there's a way for us to solve the issue that's causing the symptom. Not let's put a wrapping and a bow on the symptom. Right. Right? Right. That Robert Broker says that would per be perhaps just too logical a step for people that have been programmed to. And that's the thing. Again, that's why I don't watch the news. I don't like you. If you watch the news, just the nightly news, right? There are probably 50% of the television commercials that you see are funded by big pharma. They're drug companies. And, and, and again, like people don't realize how that repetitiveness of seeing those ads, are you depressed? You need blah, blah, blah. 
And, and, and if you hear that enough, you start, your unconscious mind starts going, are you depressed? <laughs> Maybe you, you know, need. I, I used to get patients sometimes they would come in, let's say most patients come in, they have a symptom and that's what brings them into the office at the right, first time. Right, right, right. You can get somebody coming in that had, you know, a neck pain or headaches that were debilitating and they tried every, normally they came to my office, they tried everything else. Certainly the first 10 years of my practice anyway, people usually came as a, as a last resort. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you find an issue, you say, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this. We're going to aim at correcting your movement, correcting your posture, you know, doing the adjustments, but also correcting, showing your postural exercise, for example, uh, helping you sit better, you know, sleep better, lay better, et cetera. And you're, you're working on it with these people and a month or two into it, you know, I remember, and this would happen dozens of times. They say, you know, doc, like I came here because I had these headaches and I didn't tell you that I'd been really, really depressed for like six or eight months. And now that this is all getting better, I, I can't even take the medication anymore. I don't feel depressed at all. I'm actually happy again. Yeah. I used to say, well, that's cool. And I thought that was like a fluke. Something was happening, but I didn't know what it was. And now with some of the new research coming, coming out showing that the chiropractic adjustment actually uh, affects brain function, particularly frontal lobe and prefrontal cortex, which is where executive decisions are made, executive function is. Yeah. It makes so much sense today. It makes more sense to me than ever before Yeah, that people were getting well. So people said, well, do you mean that you cure depression? No, you need to understand, chiropractors don't cure anything, okay? <laughs> that, that's, that should be a little note. We do not cure anything. Right. Our goal is to discover if you have interference. And if we can help you correct the interference, and your body will do the healing yes. because of how your body was designed. Period. I, I think body was designed. I, I again I think you know when you really think about it, and most people probably don't think about this. You do, obviously, and you teach it. You're the you're the vice president of the college, right? Of I'm the, the vice president of the university advancement at Life University, yes. Okay. So so the you know everything in your body which is uh, i and you can explain this i hope uh, well i'm sure is you know you have nerves through running throughout the entire body they all come back and connect to and start at originate at the spine right the brain the brain right? so you think of your brain as your master computer and so the question I usually ask people if they want to have a conversation so we can actually have sort of a fun sort of diatribe, I'd say, well, if you think back, we're going to ask you, uh, Ken, if you think back to high school science class, what do you remember your teachers telling you was the most important system in the human body? Think back to then. Not what you know now, but think back to then. I don't, I, I failed biology. <laughs> <laughs> she was okay. so hot, I couldn't focus. I'm kidding. So, so I, don't, I don't remember. So when I ask that question of people, the number one answer that I get most places around the world, doesn't matter what country, is the heart, right? Most people think their heart is the most important part. Okay. So I'd say, you're right. It's probably what your teacher taught you. It's what my teacher in high school taught me. Yeah. So I remember that very, very well. I'd say, you're right. Can I ask you a couple other questions? So people obviously say yes. I said, well, I'm going to assume you went to sleep last night and you woke up this morning and your heart was still beating. What told your heart to do that? And the typical answer is like, I'm not really sure. I said, did you ever notice that? You know, I said, then I said, do you exercise? They say, yes. So did you ever notice that when you exercise, 
your heart starts to beat faster, you start to breathe quicker, so your lungs are working more, your chest muscles are working more, you start to sweat a little bit, that there's physiology that's changing while you're exercising. So, well, yeah, of course. I said, and what tells your body to do that? And they typically go, I don't know. Then my next question is, what's in here? Mm. So, yeah, what's in here? My brain. What does your brain control? Uh, everything. Everything. Yeah. That's the typical answer that I get. But what people don't understand, they understand their brain controls everything, but they don't understand how their brain communicates to the rest of the body. Right. And that's when I explain, when I have a chart beside me or whatever, I'll yeah. say, okay, you're, and I say, you're absolutely right. Your brain controls everything. Do you know how it communicates all the information to the rest of your body? How does my brain tell my finger to go touch my nose? How does my brain tell myself that I need to go scratch my foot? How does that happen? Electrons. It happens on a neurological network. You are an electrical being. Mm -hmm. Those of you who've ever had medical tests, if you've ever had an EEG or an EKG, what are they measuring? They're measuring electrical, electrical activity. Mm. They electrical activity of the brain with the EEG, and they measure electrical activity of the heart with the EKG. Yep. And then when they find a problem, they try to treat you chemically. My job as a chiropractor is to look at whether or not I can find an interference that will affect you neurologically, electrically. You are an electrical system. Your brain produces electrical energy and it sends it down the spinal cord and between every vertebrae from the first one at the base of your neck to, the, to your L5 down at the base of your pelvis, there are nerves that exit and they go feed your entire body. They feel the feed the physical part that you can touch, but they feel everything that's happening. They feed everything that's happening inside, right? They mm -hmm. feed your heart. They feed your lungs. They feed your digestion system, your reproductive system. That's the energy that makes your body work. Wow. It's so simple. you're 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 an electrician. I'm an electrician. <laughs> yes, my oh. oldest son is a chiropractor. My youngest son is an automotive electronic technician. He says to me, Dad, your job and my job. Exactly the same. He said, I've got to look at the source and figure out, is it the source that's not feeding, you know, the car to make this happen? Or is there something between the source and the target area? He said, wow. I do exactly what you do with the nervous system. I said, you're right. It's exactly what he does. You know, um, my my buddy Weldon Whitehurst, he lives, he owns a car dealership over in Virginia Beach. He's saying his family spends a fortune on meds. Any chance a chiropractor could help someone with DISH? I don't know what DISH is. Okay, so potentially, Weldon, my suggestion when people ask questions, if I'm doing you know, webinars or Facebook Lives like this, you know, find out from friends who their favorite chiropractor is in your community. Yeah. Go make an appointment and go for a consultation. Because only by having you in front of me and, and then obviously, you know, look into your x-rays if you already have some or yeah. taking new x-rays if we need to, to, to look at that. Only when we look at all the facts, could we really give an opinion? So in these situations, I don't like to give an opinion. Right, right. It's an opinion that's based on, I don't know, rhetoric of sorts. I like to base, give an opinion based on accumulating the facts. So having a thorough consultation, following up with a thorough examination that could require, you know, whatever tests may be required put the data together, study it as a practitioner. That's what I did. Study the data, look at everything, then say, okay, what are the options that I have in my tool bag 
that could potentially help that person and then develop what I call a care plan and on the next visit do a report of findings yeah. and you say you know uh, Ken you came in with XYZ based on that we did these examinations we did these tests this is what we've discovered this is what is normal this is what not normal this is what I believe we can do to actually help you get back to yeah. living the life that you want to be living once you do that man you know and nothing is a miracle cure Right? right. I mean, right. I went to the chiropractor every day. Five, I mean, every day, five days a week for three months before I had the major change in my pulmonary pressure. Wow. I knew within about four weeks that I was getting better because I wasn't quite as short of breath. I could go up a flight of stairs and not have to stop two or three times. So I knew I was getting better. But it took months because it took months, if not years, to cause the damage. And right. so it could months and sometimes years to correct the damage and allow your body to go through the healing process. Yeah. So once the interference is removed, your body has to heal, which means you got to have a good sleeping pattern. You got a good, you got to have a good dietary pattern. You know, you've got to have an, an exercise pattern that's based on what's available to you without hurting yourself. You know, when you start and then as you improve and your chiropractor sees the improvement, he or she then gives you, you know, extra work to do. So right. It requires responsibility. Sure. So, so you know, I, you know, a question that has popped into my head in the past, is, and I look when I when my when my sciatic nerve was literally pinned against my spinal cord is what the woman told me. Um, it it it, it ha definitely had my attention. Like it really had my attention. I'm telling you, if you've never had that happen. I highly recommend it just so you can see what the worst pain ever feels like. It's horrible. I've had it. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And it so, is. you know, that got my attention and I can remember thinking, what is cracking my back? And I know you don't. Have anything to do with me getting healthy. Yeah. What's that? What, how's that? So, you know, we've heard of lactic acid buildup and things like that, but, what is what is it when you are making that adjustment and and what is it that that causes the healing process what why why does that work okay there's there, there's a there's a lot of theories right so yeah. when you when you adjust the spine um there are what call are called we're not going to get into the heavy part but there are what's called diarthroidal joints okay just like if you do this that's a diarthroidal joint there's a gas that escapes. That's what does the cracking sound. The cracking uh, sound has nothing to do with the healing. It's just the fact that when the joint moves, the pressure in the joint then releases gas that creates the popping sound. So wow. just for people to know, okay. there's, nothing, there's nothing breaking there. Nothing is breaking. It's, it's just that, it's that sound is from gas being released. Yes, it's from gas being released from the joint capsule. Wow. Okay. okay? But just like a little fragment. Not, yeah, we know sure. that it doesn't cause it causes no absolutely no damage whatsoever. Right. I mean, right. You, can do it, you do this, you know. Yeah. Nothing happens. Um, so there's a lot of theories as to why a chiropractic adjustment has such a significant impact on overall function and overall human health. One of them has to do with, with movement patterns. So we know that movement is life, and lack of movement leads to death. You got 24. Yep. You got 24 vertebrae in your spine. They're all supposed to move. When they get, if you want, stuck, when there's a lack of mobility, 
Some people call it a fixation. Some of us, like me, I call it a subluxation because I believe there is no way that you can have a joint fixation that doesn't affect the neurology because there are neurological, there's neurological input from your spine to your brain. From every single joint in your body, there's neurological input back to your brain. Right. And that's, that's, that's called proprioception so that you can actually maintain movement, maintain activity, et cetera. If there's a lack of motion in one or two or more areas, then the proprioceptive mechanism is not functioning at its optimum because you got some segments that aren't moving. So no information is going, let's say, from, from here to my brain. There, that's a direct impact on neurological function. Yeah. So now we're now that this new research is coming out in New Zealand and, and some of the work's coming out from the Middle East, um, I got a friend who is the director of research at a school in New Zealand, and she's got some, some colleagues in the Middle East that are collaborating with her uh, that are not chiropractors, they're neuroscientists. Even mm -hmm. she was a chiropractor first and went and got her PhD in neuroscience and is making these amazing discoveries on the direct impact of a chiropractic adjustment on brain function and neurological function. So a lot more is coming out, but the process in the past was always, well, it's irritating nerve roots that are then not feeding the target area at the level that it should. That's what we used to think. That was a theory. It looks at that theory as being debunked, but that's not necessarily, it can happen that you have a pinched nerve, but it's rare, mm. okay? Can it happen that you have neurological irritation? Yes, common. And it can be done, it can occur because of tight muscles, et cetera, like because of stress like this. Yeah. But it also happens because of segmental movement of your spine that is improper, either because you're texting like this all day long, so now you have bad posture. I have three sisters, and I remember my mother who was, uh, who had been raised in a convent. I remember my mother making my sisters walk from the kitchen to the living room with a book on their head when they were young to teach right. them proper posture. And of course I said, well, if they do that, why can't I do that? And my mother was doing it you know, to teach proper feminine posture. Right. But I was like, if posture is good for them, it's good for me too. So <laughs> I started walking with a book on my head and I just do, would do the same thing as my sisters would do. Right. They were smart. What <laughs> right. they were actually doing was, was creating extension. And it's today's day, day and age with all these smart devices and these kids playing on games, et cetera. That's why we're noticing now that kids are showing, are showing signs of degenerative changes in the spine yeah. in their teenage years. In the past, that didn't happen until you were in your 50s and your 60s. And I'm like mid-60s and beyond, and I have no degeneration in my spine except for that one spot that I told about, which is the second thoracic, probably because of years of working in a bent position. Yeah. But now, there's not a day that goes by that I don't do extension exercises to maintain my posture, to keep my rib cage well and open so I can breathe. Yeah. Concept, right? Breathe is what feeds you. Your breath feeds you. It gives you energy. So all yeah. of those all of those things are impacted by a chiropractic adjustment when you have what we call a subluxation. Right. You know, physically it's a fixation, a lack of movement that obviously also has a neurological impact. What about, and, and man, I, this, this has been unbelievably informative. Um, it, and I, 
normally wouldn't even go this route, but I, I, I love this route. And it sounds like you're kind of passionate about it. <laughs> oh, 41 years, right? Plus my four years. I first went to a chiropractor when I was 12 years old because I'd injured my back. And yeah. it wasn't the fact that he fixed me with my back pain that turned me on to chiropractic. It was the fact that I'd always been an unhealthy child with uh, indigestion and constipation, et cetera. Yeah. And after my spine was well aligned and I was functioning well neurologically, all these symptoms that I'd had since I was a baby, my mom tells me, were gone. And I was like, what the heck? How did that happen? Right. So the doctor had taken to explain to me how the autonomic nervous system works and explain the nerves that lead my brain that go down to my low back and that the, the nerves that exit that area of my spine that feed my low back and my legs are also feeding the, you know, the sex organs and the, the bladder and my bowels, et cetera. Yeah. And he went up the spine and said, and you know, these here, you have the neurological function to your stomach to digest your food. And when he explained all that, I was like, that's weird. Cause wow. I didn't understand it. But as, as I started getting adjusted and I started noticing, my gosh, my back, back pain's gone. Oh my gosh, I'm having like normal bowel function. I haven't had indigestion for like two weeks. Wow. And, started, and then I said to him, well, I know you sort of said that, but can you tell me again? Because I didn't believe you before. Because I've had a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't believe in chiropractic. I said, I don't care. You don't have to believe in chiropractic. I didn't believe in chiropractic when I started getting adjusted. I did it because I was so tired of having pain in my back that I started getting adjusted and all of a sudden everything else was going well. Yeah, uh, wow. Robin's asking a question again and I, and I want to touch that one. So I see that with my granddaughter as well as I, eyesight issues. So I'm going to direct you, Weldon, to, and anybody else that wants to, go to YouTube later and just put Dr. Gilles Lamarche and look at a video that I did probably a decade or so ago, and it's called Christopher's Story. Christopher is my son who at the time was 14. Uh, Christopher was born in 1985, so he just turned 35 on March the 10th, and listen to that short video. It's, it's a powerful story. It's a very powerful story. Very powerful. My wife, who also has a gratitude stone from you, says, how do you find a good chiropractor? Oh, I see Jill asking that question. Um, I, I mentioned that a while ago, I think, when, when Weldon asked the question. Ask your friends. Ask your friends who they're seeing, who they're satisfied with, I think is the best way. Because, you know, yeah. you can't come to me in Atlanta. I don't practice anymore. So I don't have a, I don't have a, a license here. If you're in the right. Chicago area, there's two great chiropractors there, Dr. Jason and Dr. Rebecca Lamarche. They're awesome. If you're in Marietta, there's Dr. Melissa Lamarche. That's my wife. She's awesome. You know, I mean, I've got tons of friends that are great chiropractors. You know, but how do you find a great chiropractor in your in your town? I say, ask friends. You know, yeah. who's your chiropractor? That's yeah. one of my questions. So what about, and, and let, let's talk about the 9 million pound elephant in the room. And, and that is what's currently going on. You know, I've seen, um, I've seen some immunologists, a, a, a couple of chiropractor buddies of mine, um, some other people. Um, I had a friend of mine that was on, he's a, he's a, a chiropractor and, and immunologist in uh, California. I don't know what that means, but um, he, I, I said, you know, everybody's freaking out over the coronavirus, dude. What, 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 uh, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? And he said, well, it's the flu. <laughs> uh, I, I will tell you that I rarely 
refuse to answer a question in an interview, I would prefer <laughs> that we don't go down that road today. Okay. okay. I can tell you why I prefer not to do that today. Yeah. I'd like to speak on something that I'm an expert in and yeah. not on something I'm not. Right. I got you. I, 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 you know, people are, I, but you know, people are being affected by it. You're being affected by it. Right. You, you, Absolutely. You were, yeah. So you know, the university is closed. Our position is that we're going to follow uh, what the governor has told us we needed to do. And so yeah. we, uh, we have an yeah. amazing team at life university. Our curriculum was all converted to online. So as of two weeks ago, our students started fully online because the university is essentially closed, except you know to maintain our beautiful campus. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back on campus as soon as the governor says you're allowed to go. Of yeah. course, you know I've got personal opinions on it, but I'd rather not share them here. I got it. It's all good. It's all Thank good. Thank you for helping me with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I, I um, I think that first off, I think that a lot of people that you know, may have had a different opinion about chiropractic um, care. If they've seen this today, they've listened to you. Uh, maybe you've opened up their minds a little bit. You know that it was Mark Victor Hansen that introduced the two of us. Yes, and, I love you know, Mark, Mark. Mark's been a friend of mine for a long time, yeah. uh, probably 30, 30 plus years. I uh, hosted him in my little town of Timmins, Ontario, I think back in maybe 87, 88. And all of that before he was actually before he was actually famous, and oh, uh, wow. you know, Mark's a great guy. He's been a great supporter of chiropractic, and himself, you know, is an advocate of chiropractic. He says chiropractic's done done fantastic for my life. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I can easily say chiropractic saved my life. Yeah. And a scientist can say you getting better from chiropractic is there's no scientific proof that chiropractic had anything to do with it. I said I get it. In the world of science, that's anecdotal. It's right. not anecdotal to Jill Lamarson and his family. Right. right? Save your life. Exactly. It's not anecdotal to Christopher Lamarson and his family that he had lost his sight from an accident and had his sight after chiropractic care. Again, scientifically, there is no proof. Right. So this is not to say that chiropractic can heal anything. And I repeat that often. We don't heal anything. We look for interference. We correct the interference. And when that interference is corrected, your body has this ability to heal. Yep. And there are times, there's what I call limitations of matter. There are times I've seen people where they've been in that state for so long that they had such severe degenerative change in their spine that there is no turning back. Right. But we can only assess that by doing a thorough consultation and a thorough examination. And if there isn't that serious deterioration, chances are, no matter what you're suffering from, you may be able to be helped by a chiropractor. Is it worth an examination? Absolutely. So to, to put it in the simplest lay terms, this is this, I'm, I'm the lay guy, right? So it all starts with the brain and you tell your finger to scratch your nose that started in the brain, went to the spinal cord, shot out through nerves, the, the command and 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 so if there's some sort of a what do you call it a subluxation subluxation yes some sort of a an issue right it and it may be something that you don't even you don't feel like you don't know like you don't feel it you just have a 
maybe your brain doesn't fire as quickly as it used to, or maybe, you know, whatever it is, it could be corrected by removing the barrier that's blocking the, the, the neurotransmitters from, from firing properly. Did I say all that right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. It's not, it's not exact, but people will get the picture. That's yeah. what's happening. So I, I, I had a brother uh, that was two years younger than me. He died of a massive heart attack at the age of 50. And for years, I would tell him, Mark, you've got to get into my office. You got this issue happening. You're up there. Oh, I don't have any pain in my back. I'm fine. If I hurt, I'm going to come and see you. And, you know, it was family. You couldn't, I couldn't force him to do it. Wow. But I predicted, I predicted that my brother was going to die of a massive heart attack way before, years before, like more than a decade before. I said, dude, if you don't take care of yourself, ah, don't worry. I'm fine. I feel great. So, I did the best that I could. And wow. they tell me, they, I was told he had the heart attack and he died before he hit the ground. Oh he's my under, gosh. He had a serious issue in his upper thoracic spine and he never wanted to come in and get it corrected. And so, yeah, I'm passionate because I've experienced it. Like I said, I'm alive because of it. Yeah. Again, if you don't believe it, I don't really care. <laughs> I just know that it's my truth, right? I love it's it. Guys like Mark Victor Hansen saw me go through the suffering and saw me get well. I have hundreds of friends who saw me and thought I was going to die who know I'm well and who we still interact with kind of thing. And obviously my children. Yeah. You know, I, I said, I, I tell people all the time, I said, I got to see my three kids graduate from college. I got to see my three kids get married. I got to see five grandchildren be born. I get to play with them on a regular basis, even though they live all over North America. I would have had none of that. If I did not have that awakening on that morning wow. of the 5th of May in 2004, right? So I remember that morning like it was yesterday because I woke up with this thought flash. Dude, you're an idiot. There's yeah. got to be something pushing around your spine and nervous system. And now, you know, all these years later, when you think about it, 17 years later. Wow. That's crazy. I got an extra third to my life so far of what I would have had if I had not had that thought flash that morning. Because you'd be dead. So punish me? Yeah, I could punish myself. My practice members were receiving better care than I was. Wow. My fault. So I tell chiropractors all the time. I mean, I tell the story. I said, if you're, if you're not under regular care with a chiropractor that takes care of you like a regular practice member, yeah. get under care. Make an appointment. Make sure you have your regular appointment. Get checked on a regular basis. You don't know what's dormant. Why wait for months and months and months for you to start being symptomatic? Why not develop a habit of seeing a chiropractor on a regular basis as part of your yep. as part of your health plan, your be well plan all the time and be at your best? That's what I do now. That's what I preach to whoever wants to listen. Wow. Dude, you are, I just said, dude, I'm sorry, doctor, dude. <laughs> You're amazing, man. I, I'm so grateful for you. I, and and I'm, I'm really grateful that, that we got back on here. This has been a flawless interview and outside of not wanting to answer my one question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You'll understand why I'm going to talk to you privately. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think the world of you, Dr. Jill LaMarche, you are, you're one of the good guys. And Mark was right. He's like, dude, this guy's going to blow you away. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> he was right. So thank you for taking the time. I know you're incredibly busy. Thank you for taking the time and and um, and 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 being on here today. You're amazing. My pleasure. And for any of your viewers, if you have questions, I might be able to answer. I do answer uh, emails, but I answer also Facebook Messenger. It might be the easiest way. If you look Gilles Lamarge DC on Facebook, you can always message me. And um, I'm happy to answer any questions or offer directives, whatever, or directions rather, uh, whatever I can do to help. I am a born servant and yes. uh, believe in giving everything we've got to help others. So if and I can help That's you, it, right? Is that the right spelling too? I got everything right. That is the right spelling. Correct. Awesome. awesome. So look up Dr. Jill on on uh, Facebook, and if you have questions or anything, just just hit him up, send him a message. He is an amazing guy. He sent my wife and I both a gratitude stone, and I'm very grateful for that. I love this thing. I it's right here all the time. I, and and I sit at this desk far too many hours a day. I literally because of back pain, lower back pain. I just ordered a really fancy ergonomic chair. <laughs> well, I'm, going to, I'm going to suggest you get yourself a stress mat and you buy yourself a stand-up desk. Uh, I'm currently sitting to do this with you Yeah. because my desktop computer is on a stand-up desk beside me. I stand 80% of my day. Really? When I have my laptop, I have a rolling stand-up desk, but because we're closed, one of my team members... One of my staff said, Doc, can I borrow your rolling desk? Because I'm working from home and I'm finding it really, really difficult. So my rolling desk is actually at her house so she could work standing. But I, I recommend people stand. I'm in the process of finishing a book on ergonomics uh, with one of my good friends, Dr. Mark Vitrano, because people need to understand what they could be doing better for their own life. But other than that, wow. honestly, I have, I have nothing to sell. I'm just a lover of life. And if there's something that I know that can help you, I'm happy to share it. Dude, you rock, man. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Ken. Appreciate you, buddy. I'm all right. Hey, hang on. Don't hang up on me. But thank you to everybody who's been on here and shared this out. And man, this what a great message. Thank you so much, Dr. Jill. Thank you, Ken. It was a pleasure and an honor.